cram it up your hole, eh? I killed a man. I'll be plucking pheasants till the pheasant plucking's done. Christ, you're a brave wee thing. It's Outlander Season 5. Welcome ye to the 100th episode of the Center Cut. I forgot almost. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. It's 100 episodes. I was so excited about the fact that we're talking about Outlander today that I almost <laughs> forgot that it's our 100th episode. I am Wee David. And I am Michael for the 100th time. 100. Today we are back with Outlander, our big boy, and all his friends back for season five, and I am very excited. I am too. David, as per usual, we watched only the first episode and the last episode of season five of Outlander. We're going to recap those ends, and we have a lot of questions, but before we do that, we should probably talk about the middle of season four that we watched briefly. Bree, just as bad, if not worse, at being in the past than her mom. Mm -hmm. Good job. Mm-hmm. Also, Roger. Mm-hmm. 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 Roger was bad, too. Actually, surprisingly, not as bad as Bree. Mm. She knew that her dad's ancestor was Blackjack Randall, some dude who went around raping and destroying people, and still, still throws the name Randall around. What is she thinking? Yeah. The only thing that stood out to me watching all of season four, the only thing is that Jocasta is blind. Oh, my <laughs> God. How did we not know? How know. did we not know? How did we not know? I don't know how we didn't know. It's crazy. We watched an entire episode with her and didn't even <laughs> realize. I'm not going to lie. It kind of makes that Murtaugh sex scene even hotter. Even better. Your tingles are even harder. Yeah, it kind of does. I knew it. Speaking of which, though, not a lot of sex in season four. But when it did start up, boy, was it a doozy. Mm-hmm. So that was exciting. We got to see Brie in all her glory. That was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Glory. And lastly, I hate Roger. With just an absolute burning passion, he was such a dick to Bree, and she should have never forgiven him and never given him her flower. Mm-hmm. Very, very bad choice. Speaking of bad choices, David, or no, speaking of bad choices, David, <laughs> I don't know. I can't make this work. Oh, no, and then you said the same thing. It good. Sorry. Outlander is a star series based on the book series of the same name by Diana Gambledon, which I now have her name memorized, which is unfortunate. Season five premiered on February 16th of 2020, but just recently came to Netflix a few weeks ago. This season received an 86 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is still pretty high, but surprisingly the lowest score it has received to date. Everything was higher than that. It's uh, slowly decreasing. I can understand it. But we'll get there. It stars Katrina Balf, Sam Hewen, and uh, Sophie Skelton. And that's all the main characters I want to list. Deal with it. Yeah. Give them a recap, Michael. Episode one, season five, The Fiery Cross. We open to a swag-dripping young Murtaugh walking through a field. And when you can create a gray sweatpants bulge, but in a kilt, you know you got it. He's <laughs> oh, putting yeah. the ah uh, in Murtaugh. No, he's putting the ah. Uh, Fitz and Murtaugh Fitzgibbons. I'll stop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. We see his oath to a hideous looking child version of Jamie. This new choral version of the intro song can get it. 
I loved this version. <laughs> the new intro song wasn't bad. I'm not the music during doing it type, but if I did, I would only hump to acapella. Just only. Here's a little song I wrote. Don't <laughs> And you're going to lead with Be Happy? Fantastic. <laughs> Jamie shaves Roger, who's about to marry Bree. Because he can't shave himself. Loser. <laughs> Seriously. Fraser's Ridge is paradise, except there are too many damn people about. Where's the plague at? Let's get the plague up in here. I mean, these people are settlers so that they can, like, all survive on their own without, like, having the need to seek outside mm -hmm. anything. No, I get it, but I don't want to be around them. Well, yeah, but, like, I don't know. They, they kind of become your family if you live with them and you're constantly talking to them. And they're like, they're like co-workers, you know? Like you, David. You're yeah, like, like us. You're like my family. Yeah. Get away from me. Claire and Bree think that Bree's burlap sack of a wedding dress looks beautiful, but girl, I don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah, it's because it didn't have en uh, just enough gaudy flowers and bright colors on it. It just looks like trash. It didn't look enough like a window curtain? No, no. Poo-poo. Mm. Poo-poo. I liked it. Much better than every single Featherington dress. Jamie wastes some time getting together some old, new, borrowed blue wedding stuff. This premiere is already way too happy so far. Where is all the fuckery and villains? Yeah. They saved it for the finale. <sighs> Jamie and Bree have a pre-wedding heart-to-heart -heart in the kitchen, and it is official. I have already had enough of her calling him da. Like, you have to shorten a three-letter word to a two-letter word? Oh. Seriously, Bree? I don't know. I kind of like it better than when she calls him daddy, because that's bad. Oh, no, I definitely... I like that. I, I want to be called daddy, not dad. But da. do you be called daddy when your daughter is, like, 25? I don't know. Ask me when I have a 25-year-old daughter. Never. <laughs> Jamie walks Bree down the longest set of stairs down to the wedding ceremony. Roger and Bree get married. All the while, Claire and Jamie live vicariously through it, really connecting with the as long as we both shall live part, which is kind of bullshit because this is the same lady who said those same words to Frank and then tossed that grump aside as soon as she met old Lumpy back. So, no, those words are meaningless to you, Claire. You may have everybody else tricked, but not me. I mean, in her defense, in the time that she was in, for the time that Frank was alive, she was no longer living. <sighs> Mind blown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got him. <laughs> that dink governor Tryon has come to the wedding and he pulls Jamie aside during the reception and starts planting the, hey, you need to kill Murtaugh seeds. Hey, what's going on with that Murtaugh, dude? You, get, you kill him yet? Get him? Did you, did did you, you do it? Do, did you do it? Is he? Is it done? Roger and Bree do the wedding cake stuff, and it has got to be the worst looking cake I have ever seen. It's like burnt and covered in dates and almonds. I imagine that all cake pre nineteen forty was just drier than a than a butthole in the desert. Just just dry. All fruit on a cake should be fruit made of sugar. <laughs> sugary frosting to make it look like a fruit or a flower yeah it shouldn't be the real actual thing it should be a sugary thing that looks like that thing especially if your fruit is a date yeah for sure we didn't even do a wedding cake at my wedding we did a mountain of donuts it's the way to go so me and emily had a small wedding cake that we cut into and ate and it was really good we had an orange creamsicle cake with Oof. a buttercream frosting that was Whew. I'm into that. Jocasta tells Roger to come see her before everything is over, and Roger makes a comment to Bree about 
going back, which was a hint that they were planning on trying to travel to their own time again, which we catch the tail end of in the finale. Yeah, we can for sure tell that Roger's all about going back and Bree's like, mm, yeah. don't know. Go back to my non-family that yeah. exists in that time? Yeah, sure. Why not? Now, the next six minutes are a lot of dancing to the most repetitive jig music of all time. And we see a few things. We learn from John Gray that that puddle of muddy bastard Stephen Bonnet has been seen in the province. Yuck. Motherfucker. Also, Fergus, Marsley, and John Gray, among many other partygoers, play a drinking game where you have to say a tongue twister correctly or you drink some kind of ancient farmer swill from a little silver platter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. to get in the spirit, because I'm competitive, we have both prepared three tongue twisters to challenge each other with. Loser has to finish the podcast without any pants. Go. I am not wearing any pants already. Same. Are you? Are, I mean, so... <laughs> Loser has to put on pants. Okay, deal. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you could start. Here we go. The Sassanac smacked a stack of smacks. Wasn't stacks. It took a herminated hack, a thwack, and a quack to cover Murtaugh's back. The Sassanac smacked a stack of vast stacks, and it took a herniated hack, a thwack, and a quack to cover Murtaugh's back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're going to say the following five times fast. Five times fast. Okay. Yep. Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. Fuck you. Zero to zero. What? You fucked up the second time you said it. You said toy oh, boy. Oh, that was bullshit. I, you'll I, hear it. You'll oh, hear it back. Man. If you'll, you'll hear. All you'll, right. You'll hear I'm fine. I'm going to give you a five times fast one as well here. Okay. Let you, let you get down. Fergus's fur fist. Fergus's fur fist. Fergus's fur fist. Fergus's fur fist. fist, fist, fist. Fuck. <laughs> Damn it. Got him. And fur is spelled like Douglas fur, mm. the type of tree, because he's got a wooden hand. Want to watch a warty walrus eat a wormy watermelon wingly? Uh, willingly. Fuck. Zero to zero, baby. All right, last one. Is anyone going to get a point? There's no way you're getting this one. This one, I spent a lot of time on this one. Roger's wee rod was rather red when Roger's rig was ridden, but Roger's roots rider was wrought with regret when they realized Roger's Roger was riddled with remorse. Who <laughs> crushed Bam. it? Bam. Wow. I'm Bam. surprised you got that one. Bam. All right. You need to hit this, David, or you lose. Percy purchased purple purpose. Percy purchased purple purpose. No. Wow. Percy purchased purple purses purposefully. Please, Percy, don't put your pee pee in a pita pocket. <laughs> Man, after purposefully, it gets really easy, but please, Percy, don't put your pee pee in a pita pocket. I don't understand what the second half has to do with the first half, but fine. All right. One nothing. I won. You won. Anyway, moving on. Ulysses. Brings Jocasta to Murtaugh's secret wood nymph sex shack. She starts by feeling the wood on the walls, and she'll probably end the night by rubbing some more wood. <laughs> I said it before, but these two just turn me on way more than Jamie and Claire do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Roger serenades Bree with a version of L-O-V-E, originally by Nat King Cole, which continues to play as we get vignettes of our three sets of lovers doing the deed. I have some notes. So Jamie and Claire have sex with their crying grandchild in the room. Splendid. Uh, close. I don't think he's in the room. But yeah, whatever. Murtaugh is a slow and steady lover. Kind of boring. Takes his time. Also, do you think that blind people have better orgasms? You know, like since their other senses are supposed to be stronger. <laughs> I bet they are. I'm just saying. I mean, it heightens just touch in general, I would mm -hmm. assume. So I guess like that would qualify as touch sure or so nerve endings being mm -hmm. activated. So maybe if you are visually impaired and you listen to this podcast, please email us or send us an audio message and tell us about your orgasms. 
Thank you. So here's an interesting thing. Is How would like, they compare it? Yeah. Like sex is one of those things where it's hard to compare. My giant penis what to your, your little penis. Experiences. It's hard to compare what your experience is because like it's hard to explain what that experience is. So like sharing that experience with someone else. So I, I would think that they would have a hard time kind of knowing if theirs is better or worse than someone else. Well, not better or worse. I'm just saying like, do you think it's it's better for them than it would be if they weren't blind. So maybe someone that became blind. <laughs> so they don't life, know if theirs is better or worse, but they would know if theirs is better than it was or if it's the same. So we need someone who had <laughs> sex prior to going blind and then went blind <laughs> and had sex again with the same person because, you know, we have to keep those variables. Then this, the orgasm was better and we would know definitively. So if you are that and listening to our show, <laughs> please send us an email. TheCenterCutCast at gmail.com. The Center Cut, the show for people who went blind halfway through their sexual years. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on again. We get to see Bree's butt and of yep. course Roger doesn't missionary. He would. He obviously would. Though Bree's hooked feet, they were a nice touch. I mean, she got a nice butt. So Brie can't sleep, and it's either because she's thinking of Bonnet or regretting marrying somebody who's so vanilla at sex. Or both. The next morning, Jocasta and Murtaugh have a bed convo, and she admits Duncan Innes has asked her to marry, but she hasn't given her answer yet. And then they rub their old dirty fingernailed hands together. Next, we meet Josiah the Hunter, who's trying to find some beaver while waiting in line to see Dr. Claire Medicine Varmint. Roger finally goes to see Jocasta, and she talks some shit about how Jeremiah is probably Bonnet's baby, so she's only giving her estate to the Baron and not Roger or Bree. Roger tells her to cram it up your hole, which we know is impossible because it's already full of Mr. Fitzgibbons. Oh, no, yeah. There's no more cramming. All, all day, Uri day. And when Roger leaves, Ulysses makes it sound like it was jocasta's plan all along to to not have to give it to any of them roger brie or the baby i think that the plan was to make sure that roger was devoted to brie and the baby and the reason that she did all this was to get him worked up enough to express that he was fully devoted to them regardless of whose baby it was maybe he's easily manipulated Josiah the hunter has abscessed tonsils and Claire will remove them. So he agrees to settle on the ridge as a hunter for the clan, so to speak. But they note that he's branded with a T on his hand for thief. With that mullet he's sporting, he certainly hasn't stolen my heart. That's for sure. <laughs> Outside, Tryon accosts Jamie and leaves a Lieutenant Knox and men with him because it's time to go hunt and hang Murtaugh. You motherfucker. Mm. Stop. Stop. Mm -hmm. Just cool it. Roger comes storming in the house from his fight with Jocasta and wipes his blood on the baby's forehead. Naturally, it's what you do. I love my son, Frank, very, very, very much. But if Ashley ever saw me grouse about blood and bones while I'm smearing my DNA on his face, I am fairly certain that she would murder me. He's mine now. He's got my blood on his head. How long do you leave it on there? Like, if I were Bree, I'd be instantly grabbing a baby wipe and just taking it yep. off. It was on there, but now it's off. And this isn't, like, he's not some ancient dude doing weird ancient things. He's from the frickin' 60s. He has no excuse for this bullshit. Cut it out. Or, like, his whole bullshit in season four where he, like, refused to have sex with her until they were in, at least engaged, but he's had sex with other people and it's fine, but she had to still be a virgin and be engaged to him in order for them to have sex the first time. He's a hair tick i hate him so much 
And then he shaved his beard, and I hate him even more. Jamie and Claire talk about what's to come. He gets all dressed up in his Scottish regalia that he somehow has, even though the shipwreck happened when they arrived in the U.S., but okay. He doesn't need an excuse for this awesome moment of him getting all dressed up in his original shit and Claire just getting all wet in the trousers. Wet in the trousers. He goes out to the yard and lights the fiery cross and starts to rouse up a militia. He gives Roger the death stare, but some new dude, Morton, takes up the mantle. So then Jamie calls out Roger directly, so he has to oblige, and he does the whole kissing the blade rigmarole and is now a captain. They're running out of name ideas, huh? Morton? Yeah. That's what we got? Okay, cool. Jamie calls out Fergus next, and then a bunch of other nameless dudes join suit. For the final scene, Jamie meets Murtaugh in the woods and tells him that he's, he's going to release him from the vow of protection that he had given to Jamie's mother, and he needs to leave. Murtaugh builds a mini stone circle, mentions how Jamie has everything he wants in life due to all the time travel. He rubs Jamie's coat and then leaves. The last that we will ever see of sweet, sweet Murtaugh. Don't. Nope. No. Refuse. You're going to will his existence into existence. I refuse to believe (laughs) that he's dead. Okay, I'm with you. Overall, though, this was the least eventful season premiere, in my opinion, just the wedding and some minor setup. Oh my god, Murtaugh being sad and leaving at the end, and then Jamie crying and like collapsing after sending his basically his dad away. Oh, ugh. Yeah. Caught me in the heartstrings. Yep. But then we came to episode 12 of season five, titled Never My Love. We start the episode with a bunch of short clips of some what we find out later are recently unfolded events. This was kind of this episode's version of a previously on Outlander yeah. kind of thing that, that we didn't see. Instead, we had this. Usually, we skip those previously ons, but... This was part of the episode, so we... Could, part of the episode, yeah. you didn't even have the option to skip it, so I was like, yeah. well, I guess we know this. So, these are the things that we learned. We see a group of men arriving at Fraser's Ridge. We see Jem, Bree and Roger's son, breaking the big stone that Claire found in that skull of that weird dude Ottertooth last season. Mm-hmm. So that's broken now. Sucks. That was a cool gem. We see one of the men that came to the ridge uncovering a silver plaque that says Dr. Rollins on it. Mm -hmm. And then the men come into the office and abduct Claire, stab some dude that I don't think we've ever met, and then knock Marsali just clean out. Yep. Like they just, she hit the floor hard. Mm -hmm. We learned later that she was pregnant. So not great. Nope. Not ideal. But at this point, we're whisked away to... A modern home, I mean modern for what we've seen, it's like a late 60s, early 70s, I would guess. Mm. A younger looking Claire starts up Never My Love by the association on a record player and sits on a very groovy couch. Never my And then love. she stares at a painting that is on an easel across from the couch like a TV, but it's just a painting. She's just sitting there and staring at it. It's weird. And it vaguely, if you if you you squint and like turn around three times, it looks a little bit like their house in the past. Mm-hmm. We also see at some point or another an orange. There's like a very stylistic shot of an orange and a vase. So I didn't know that David Lynch was directing this now. Jamie arrives home and we're then jump cut back to Claire being bound to a tree. She's gagged, battered, bloody. Looking rough. Yeah, and this guy that's talking to her, did he eat a frog? Tell him I have to avoid my bed. I'm going to take you to Brownsville. Which the the euphemism just writes itself. I hated him a lot. So this is looking not great for Claire. 
cut back to what we now understand kind of as like a mental break that she's having something that she is like formulated in her mind while she's going through this catastrophic thing. Yeah, it's her Volithmir from The Witcher Season 2 dream yeah, palace. Yeah, she's in her little mind palace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we cut back to real time where we learn a little bit more about what happened. Essentially, this this band of assholes abducted Claire because she is Dr. Rollins. And apparently, Dr. Rollins has is her pen name, and she's been writing some kind of article or leaflet or whatever you want to call it yeah so she's basically this show's version of lady whistledown she's she's lady whistledowner a little bit yep she's a lady whistledowner but we are we're kind of whisked back to the 70s and then in the next 15 minutes or so we kind of just go back and forth learning a number of things so rather than going back and forth i'm just gonna summarize what happens in the two timelines that we're seeing so in dreamland everyone is arriving for thanksgiving we see Marcely, Fergus, their children. Ian comes back in an army outfit looking fresh as hell. 70s Murtaugh and Jocasta, which I am 100% doubt for. This Murtaugh was fantastic. I loved it so much. They're all eating Thanksgiving dinner. We do note that there are two empty chairs where Bree and Roger would, would be. They're missing. Jamie just says they're kind of running late or whatever that is. Claire sees a rabbit on a carpet. The death rabbit. No. The death rabbit. Not great. There's a weird drip from the ceiling. Again, David Lynch, get out of Outlander. I've had enough of you. Two policemen arrive and tell Claire that Bree and Roger and their child have died in a car accident. And the cops are actually <sighs> played by the two leaders of the band of dickwads that have been you know, wrecking her. So in that dream palace thing, it there's a couple things in there that make me think it's not just like she's kind of it's kind of a dream amalgamation of her what she prognosticates her future could have been mixed with things that have happened to her. Yeah, it's like what my future would have looked like if all of these people were in my time and I never went back. Like it was all, but there's references to other seasons, like the the quote "you're you're shaking so hard you're making my teeth rattle." Jamie says is, that's yep. one of the first things he says to her in the first episode of the whole thing. That orange that you mentioned that is from, I believe, season two, and then the blue vase is from the first episode as well. That's how the show opens. Is she's talking about how like she's looking at the vase in the window and she's like, "Oh, this uh, vase is I'd like him because that means you're settled." So I think that's, you know, it's implying that she's settled in this new place. Yeah, it, it is. It is almost like this, this like culmination of kind of all of the things that she's been experiencing, but somehow in the, in the future, even though most of it was in the past, but yeah. a mix of both. It's very odd. I like it. But yeah, so our recap of what was happening in the real time while we were seeing all those things. First and foremost, we might want to disclaim here that this is not great. Claire does not go through some great things. I'm going to explain them. But if you don't like to hear about sad, terrible things that happened to women in the 1700s. And still now. Yeah, yeah, and still now. Then you might want to just skip ahead a few minutes. But we do see in the, in the real time, Claire tries to escape a few times, and they always end up catching her and beating her up a little bit. But they do believe that she's a witch. And this poor woman has had so many things stuffed in her mouth by dirty, rotten men. It It's just sickening. It's sickening, and I'm sick of it. Bonnet's fingers? That yeah, was the worst one, insane. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, so... A lot of the this band of dicks thinks that she's a witch or has some kind of spirit power. Um, so they're kind of afraid of her. So every time the leaders of the gang hurt her in any way, they get kind of freaked out. We meet Tebby, who is a dude that is so afraid of her that he is a little nice to her. Like, oh, don't tell the spirits not to be mean to me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Claire also sees the same rabbit, but in 
actual time, just on the floor of the forest, the death rabbit, not ideal. But then she like blinks and it's gone. It's just like there and then it's gone. She also runs into this was this was rather interesting. And I feel like a very short, weird timeline for this man. We meet a Native American man who asks her if she knows who Ringo Starr is. There were a few scenes before this where we saw that he was kind of catching on to the fact that she might be from the future. She said something like uh, Jesus H. Roosevelt Christ and stuff like that that she said. So he was kind of catching on. And finally, he asked her and she was like, yeah, he's a drummer. And he realizes like she is also from the future. And he says he's going to kind of help her, but also doesn't at all. It leaves her tied up to the tree and gagged and stuff. He just wants to go back to his time. And he's like, I need gems. I need gems. It's like, okay. It's not hard to get gems, especially in the 1700s. It's like going to cave, find a gem. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Easy peasy. No, this is the shit that I yearn for, though. I know that the biddies with lame husbands just watch this and fantasize about a sexy man sweeping up their stubborn wine-drinking ass. But me, I want the Wendingos and the time travels. That's what I am here in Outlander for. Apparently, this guy, though, came back with Otter Tooth. Whole group of them. Yeah, apparently a bunch of them to try and convince Native Americans, like, hey, they're, uh, they're going to fuck your shit. <laughs> things are not going to end well for you. So let's get things figured out. Yep. Which, as we know from Outer Tooth, did not go well. Nope. This is where things get a little rough. (sighs) This band of dirty pirate hookers line up and just kind of one by one rape Claire. And it's terrible. (sighs) We have seen some bad dudes, some despicable scenes. This might be the worst scene of the show. It's in competition with the season finale scene of of Randall and Jamie. Yeah, but even that one, he was like on a bed and didn't have a rope around his neck. Right. Lionel, his nephew, and these other pieces of shit just masquerading as men, doing that to women. I'll just just never, never comprehend it. Like, I've, I've been horny. What did I call last episode? A denim cock? I've had a raging denim cock. But the thought of forcibly doing that to someone, let alone when they're beaten up and bloody on the ground... It just yeah. makes, it makes me want to die. It makes me want to die. I've always been so confused by the fact that someone can get any satisfaction out of that when the other person is not reciprocating that that want and desire. Just go jerk it into the stream or something. I don't know. Just, I just yeah. I hate like, it here. Do what everyone else does and just like, you know, buy a flashlight, watch some Pornhub and deal with it. You know, <laughs> I hate it here. But also, yep, it's terrible. I, I kind of also hate Diana Gabble. That's what I was going to say. Enough already, Diana. We said it enough. A, enough. This has become it's a Fraser rite of passage, right? Like you're not a part of the Fraser family until you get raped. Like why, buckle up, we Jamie. Like <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, come on. Yeah. Watch yeah. out, Willie. <laughs> terrible. Ugh. That 15 minutes is over and we can all move on. The very last part of that 15 minutes was her learning that Brie and Roger had died in the car accident in her dreamland. And then, like, the next scene we see is Brie and Roger getting woken up by their goddamn, their adorable kid. (laughs) Like, say what you will about Stephen Bonnet, but he makes a cute kid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Ian comes out of nowhere. It's like, oh, you're back. They're confused and he's confused. And we kind of put together that like they tried to go back to the future, Hmm. but they both say that they were thinking of home and they ended up here because this is home. This is home. Learn. Get it. Moral of the story, though, I don't give a shit about any of that. What I do give a shit about is young Ian is back and he is looking so awesome. Uh, he's just so cool. He's young like, Ian. He's, he's my second favorite character behind Murtaugh now. I'm in lockstep. 
I'm in lockstep. Yeah, he's fucking awesome. He's got this badass mohawk going on. It's just so good. But yeah, so they decide to head back to Fraser's Ridge, and on their way back, they realize that the cross has been lit, indicating that, you know, the, the clan is in war again, yep. or in some kind of battle. So we do learn at this point that Jamie does know about Claire, and he's gathering a crew to go find her. At this point, we learn that our band of ugly, dirty, pork-faced cunt waffles are known as the Browns. Because they are pieces of shit. Yeah, that honestly, that's when they should have known. Like, as soon as they met a clan called the Browns, they should have known all Browns are bad news. You have Chris Brown and what he did to Rihanna, terrible. The Browns football team, bad. Dan Brown and his weird books, <laughs> suck, you could suck it. Charlie Brown and that frightening image of Al Roker that haunts my dreams. All of them. Do you know what image I'm talking about of Al Roker? I think so. Yeah, you need to see it. I'm going to send you a link right now. Click on that and look at that shit. And don't tell me that that's not going to haunt your dreams for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's so bad guys everyone needs to go google al roker charlie brown and prepare yourself but we do see the the preparing for war i'm sorry this hunting kid he ain't it he ain't it no he ain't the it. hunting kid's just like i'm coming <laughs> hope you'll have me do you see ian over there like, get your shit together. But yeah, and then we see, uh, you know, uh, a decently length scene of our, our A-team here attacking the camp and just wrecking house. Ian's fucking throwing axes around, just doming people with them and shit. Roger kills one guy. Amazingly. <laughs> I don't know how. I honestly have no idea how. The guy basically just fell on his knife. He was just standing there with it, and he just ran right into it. He looked really sad about it, though. They finally make it to Claire, and Ian's like... You know, what do we, there's a few left. What do we do with them? And the guy who helped them in season four to find Fraser's Ridge and everything and deal with the, the, uh, the Mohawk around there is there. And he like goes to hand a blade to Claire and he's like, you want to go, you want to go kill those guys? It'll make you feel better. <laughs> um, and this is where Jamie steps in and is like, she has a vow to not kill people. So I kill them for her. <laughs> and then he turns to Ian and he's like, kill them all. And it's fantastic. Yeah, it, it, it sucks because like, cool, they're dead, but that doesn't take away all of the damage that they did. They're just fucking animals. I, I hope a bear tears up their buttholes. They're dead buttholes. I mean, it prevents them from doing any additional damage, which is nice. But but yes, it doesn't undo the things that they did. But yeah, they um they do find that the lead guy, Lionel Brown, is somehow still alive, though. So... They decide to bring him back to the ridge to get some answers for what the fuck's going on here. They get back and there are a bunch of scenes of Claire trying to get back to normal. At one point, she heads down to her her, her doctor's office or whatever it is where Lionel is. Seems like she's like fully intended on killing this motherfucker. And then, you know, her conscience gets the better of her and she decides not to and runs out of the room. He's an asshole to Marceline. She's like, well, fuck this guy and kills him for us. And I loved it so much. Oh, finally, somebody with some sense. She took that bastard out with some baby carrot water. Huzzah! Yeah, it's just like you killed settlers of our place. You took Claire hostage. You punched me and almost killed my baby. I'm not going to let you hurt anybody else anymore. Bye. Yeah. yeah. Bye. Thank you, Marceline. Yeah. Good job, Marceline. Proud of you. There is one scene in here where <laughs> Roger is telling Bree about the fight. He's struggling to tell her, so he makes her blow out the candle before he tells her quietly, I killed a man. <laughs> what a child. What a little weak man child yeah. this man is. I hate him so much. Listen, I'm, I'm not trying to downplay killing a guy. I, I'm not. Agreed. Well, one is that like you're in the 1700s and this dude just took hostage and raped 
your mother-in-law. Right. Your time-traveling mother-in-law. Time time for them to die. Mm-hmm. I also would struggle with killing someone, but if someone were to come into my home and harm my family, mm-hmm. bye. If that's yeah. what I'm going to do, if that's what I have to do, that's what I'm going to have to do. And like, I'm not going to be remorseful for it. Right. You brought that upon yourself. Exactly. And you're telling this mother-in-law's daughter, your wife, who was also sexually assaulted yep. and carried to term. And, and mm-hmm. no, I'm not going to go there. This is a, a TV and movie podcast. Go watch CNN or something. You have to put the candle out to whimper that into her ear. Mm, I killed a man. Roger, you ninny. Yeah. Just don't even start. Yeah, but you know who else is ridiculous? Claire is ridiculous. Now, again, I'm not downplaying what happened. I I think it's atrocious, horrible. I hope all those people, like I said, I hope their buttholes get torn up by bears. Yeah. I think it was bad. I don't like the way she was talking to Jamie because she's making it like a competition. Like, goddamn you, lady. It's not it's not a competition. You both had trauma. You've both lived lived through trauma. You don't know what Jamie went through. Like, don't, I mean. Yeah, it's like Claire was like listing all of the things that she dealt with. Almost felt very like, like she was blaming Jamie for some of it. Is the way like it kind of came off to me. Like, if I didn't come to the past, I wouldn't have got imprisoned and raped and blah, blah, blah. You know who else wouldn't have had those things happen to them? Jamie. Also, your daughter. That too. I just, I just can't with Claire. I don't know. I just, I, her, her proponents are like, oh, she's so tough and strong and stubborn. Like, yeah, you can be tough and strong, but if you're just stubborn just to be stubborn and like you put other people in peril, I don't I don't fuck with you. Yeah. yeah, It's like if the number of times that Jamie has had to go out of his way to kill someone just because she refused to kill someone. It's like, okay, well, if your if your big thing is that you refuse to kill someone, but you are constantly putting the man you love in a position where he has to do that, (laughs) then you're still killing them. Basically, (laughs) it was still your fault. Yeah, yeah, I like. I agree that she is, you know, tough. She is. I mean, great yeah. job for surviving everything that you have, Claire. I'm not downplaying yeah. that. Like, bravo! You're fucking. You're a tough, strong person. Way tougher and stronger than me. Yeah, but you don't have to be a jerk. You just don't have to be a jerk. Anyway, yep. but yeah. So Jamie is going to bring Lionel's body back to to Brownsville, which is <laughs> what the Browns call their house. <laughs> oh yeah, in my house, you'll see a plaque as you enter. Go, Dave. It's Dave's Landing. <laughs> but yeah, so he goes to Brownsville and plops this dude onto the floor. It says like, um, yeah, he uh, he did some bad stuff, so I killed him. Sorry. And his brother is like, well, I guess that was going to happen eventually. But just so you know, I'm going to retaliate somehow some someday, and you're not going to know when. <laughs> I was just about to praise this guy for being logical, and then he goes and pulls that. <laughs> I know. Go. The first part of it, I was like, wow, someone who's like, honestly, like, yeah, my brother was a dick. <laughs> like, he was a dick. So thank you for yeah. dealing with that. It's like, well, like, dude, come on. <laughs> also, the balls on Jamie to roll into yeah. this town and just Seriously. drop this dead mayor's brother or whatever. <laughs> it's just like, here you go. Here's your brother. I killed him. Deal with it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It sounds like Bree and Roger have, deci- have finally determined like, oh, well, I guess this is home. It's like, yeah, surprise. We knew that 30 minutes ago. And, uh, and then the episode ends <laughs> very oddly with, a naked Jamie cradling a naked Claire like a giant naked baby on their bed and just having a, dis- a discussion about how brave she is. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode. That's, <laughs> and that's not even the end of the episode. That's the end of this season. It is the weirdest season ender. Yeah. This guy's going to retaliate. We'll deal with it. And let's let's have a naked cradle sesh. And, and then we're done. Yeah. Who lays naked on top of the sheets? I would have goosebumps the size of gumball machine bouncy balls. 
Also, Shut back the then, you'd imagine that there was a number of bugs in that home. Oh, so many bugs. So many bugs. And if I was, if I had flies attacking my naked body, I would not be okay with it. Seriously. If I get, if I ever get even one bug to land on and bite my penis, <laughs> I might just have to kill myself. Like I just have to die. It's done. My life is over. And on that note, it's time for a center commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you yet again by Athletic Greens AG1. Dave's tried it. I've tried it. Mm. You're going to try it. We can sip all the delicious tropical greenness together. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. But it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, or like me, everything all the time, it fits your diet. AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up with a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him $100 a day. That's like Michael's entire net worth. And this guy was paying it every day. <laughs> Insane. Thankfully, their founder did create the solution and is now sharing it with the world. And the best part is that it only costs you less than $3 a day, easily cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Now, Michael, we've spent green to eat greens what can our listeners do that's free? Well, they can check out our TikTok, the underscore center underscore cut. Yeah, baby. Same username for our Instagram. And, yeah, baby. And if you don't want to do those two, I mean, there's Twitter and Facebook, but you don't waste your time there. Just send us an email or an audio message. Yeah. Podinbox.com slash the center cut. Send us a message. We want to hear your lovely voices. Thank you. I don't know. Rate, review us. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> All right, David, we have, as usual for Outlander, many questions to help us guess about the middle. Let's just get right into it. We're going to start with Facebook, and we have Catherine H., who asked a few questions. First one being, who does Brie kill? I hope it's Stephen Bonnet. That'd be great. I hope and think it's Bonnet as well. That, that bastard finally gets what he deserves. Yeah. But I think she went rogue to do it, and it scared the whole family and probably put her husband in peril. Like daughter, like mother. I kind of feel like Jamie wanted to bring her to hunt him down. So Roger went to help protect her, quote unquote, because what is he going to do? And Claire, like, was really mad at him for it. Maybe. Who does Jamie kill? Ugh, the obvious answer is Murtaugh, right? But he's my backup answer. For my non-backup answer, like as in my answer answer, I'm going to say that he kills Lieutenant Knox, the guy that Tryon leaves with him. And mm. then he wears his red coat. More on that later. Oh, interesting. My answer is everyone else. Jamie is a murdering machine. Pretty much. Who mm. does Ulysses kill? The man who killed the mother of his child. More on that later. Oh. 
Mm. I think he kills the vibes when he walks in on Murtaugh and Jocasta getting busy for one last time. (laughs) (laughs) Way to go, Ulysses. But also, I think he kills Duncan Innes when he threatens Jocasta after she denies his hand in marriage. Yeah, Patton Oswalt, get him! (laughs) I remembered! (laughs) All right, same, same user here. How does Murtaugh die? If we don't answer this... That makes Murtaugh still alive, so I vote that we skip it. <laughs> no. My notes literally say, nope, for the first time ever, I refuse to answer a question. <laughs> we're moving on. No, no. No, I, we're moving on. No, no. I, I, Catherine, I have to, I'm sorry. I have to, <laughs> we're moving on. No, I have to say this. Nope. I don't see it being anybody but Jamie, because that's the most fascinating thing narratively. But at the same time, I don't see any way that Jamie does it. I think he's loyal. He puts himself in danger to a fault. So... I wonder if Murtaugh does it himself to save Jamie from having to do it. A literal fall on your own sword moment. I just think I could see that old blind lady fucker doing that. Are you done? Mm -hmm. Took my headphones off for that. I didn't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. He's still alive. He didn't die. This is a trick question. He didn't die. Next question. Who are Aaron and Fanny Beardsley? No idea. (laughs) Two people who settled at Fraser's Ridge and introduced the settlement to the Browns? Mm. Maybe. Okay. Fanny Beardsley? That is literally just another name for a hairy ass. It's the perfect name for a male burlesque dancer. It basically just describes Roger's face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is the new world. So they're starting to try some stuff. They're so, just getting, they're trying some stuff. <laughs> figuring out what works with yeah. work. Fanny Beardsley. By day, he's just a regular bloke, Aaron Beardsley. But by night, he lets his freak flag fly. He is bearded Fanny bouncing up and down. It is they're the same person, but Do Fanny. You think it's one person? Is a hairy Aaron, ass Fanny Beardsley. Yep. <laughs> oh, interesting. Who is Alicia Brown, and who does she run away with, and why? She's the town pump, or sorry, she's the ridges pump. And Josiah finds her wild kitten, if you know what I'm saying, and they bounce. I'll translate. What? Yeah, could you? <laughs> She's a hoe. Josiah fucks her, and they leave. Interesting. I think this is Lionel's now ex-wife. She left him after really reading oh Doctor Rollins' shit. Oh, her last name is Brown. Brown. How did I? Yeah, how did I not I see did that? The, wow. I did the whole rant about Browns. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be right. Yeah, or something along those lines. Yeah. And you want to get you want you ready? Who I think she ran away with? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Marta? Ian. Ooh, maybe. Yeah, baby. He can get it. She's mature. She knows how to how to work it. Yep. But still attractive because Ian deserves happiness. <laughs> Last question from Catherine. How does Claire teach Marcelli anatomy in basic medical procedures? Yeah, I think she uses dead animals like a seventh grade science class <laughs> or like a pig or two or something yeah. like that to like show anatomy and what things look like. Pulling some voles out of the owl poop. I got you. Mm-hmm. They inherit a cadaver by one of the many killings that are happening around, and instead of just wasting it, she uses it to show Marcelli how to stitch up an arm and stuff like that. No, oh, they like they dissect and then reassemble Stephen Bonnet. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> perfect. Sounds great. All right, some new questions from a uh, a user Vita K. Why did Anja Costa refuse to marry? I feel like this one's self-explanatory. She refused to marry because she's dead. No. <laughs> 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 it's because Mr. Murtaugh, her foxy lover, is gone. Do you, yeah, do you think she like Romeo and Juliet herself? Like when Murtaugh died, she was like, I don't have a reason to live anymore. Ooh, maybe. There's another question that might make that right. Maybe. Yeah, because she loves Murtaugh. Duh. Yeah. Next question for Vita. Why did Claire bake a house full of bread? Because that's what you use to produce penicillin. More on that later. Mm, you might be right, David. I'm 100% right. I'm 100% absolutely confident that I'm correct in this. Because I looked up 
get this. You can make penicillin at home. You can make penicillin at your house. I'm allergic to penicillin. Emily's allergic to penicillin as well. A lot of people are. So I know that Vita probably means like 40 loaves or something small when she says house full. But I am literally picturing the house just filled to the brim with baguettes and rye. Just fucking poking out the window. There's some coming out the chimney like stationary smoke. You can't even walk into the house unless you eat a hole through. It's like an episode of Hoarders, but with yeast. And I think she does this because they want to attract all kinds of animals including wild boar, who will eat the body of Lieutenant Knox. Huh? You like that? You thought you were confident with your answer. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. so wrong. Yeah, I'm, do- so I'm, wrong. I'm doing that guy that looks like LeVar Burton <laughs> pointing at my head meme. <laughs> yeah, People at home. Yeah. It's pure logic. Yeah. The, yeah. the operative part here, though, is that the bread ends up getting moldy, moldy bread. Go forth. That's how you produce penicillin. No, is that know. what you were going to say? No. I mean, it is. No. Well, That's maybe, how but... the bread has to get moldy in order to produce penicillin. Well, then maybe I get a half a point there. Go on. Nope. No points. Because it's definitely not to attract pigs to eat a body. <laughs> it's 100% wrong. Our next question for Vita K. How come Claire has got a baby of color? I... I, how do I answer this question without getting canceled? Well... Impossible. Let me first say I don't think it's hers. Like her, her, obviously, her and Ulysses hooking up by one of those wicker crosses. <laughs> Wait, you're not Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think she obviously is just caring for a child of a black or brown person who has perished. Did w- was I politically correct there? I tried. I tried Probably very hard. Not. Yeah. So one is that we do not have a whole lot of people of color to reference off of here, guys. So I'm sorry, but I do think that. I think Ulysses fell in love with a white woman and they had a child together, but the mother was killed for sleeping with a black man and having his child. And I feel like Claire is the one who probably delivered their child, if I had to guess. Ulysses ends up bringing them his child to take care of and to adopt because they know that otherwise that baby would probably be, you know, I I don't know what, but not great. That is dark, David. And I'm not talking about the baby. This is the, the way that the times were. It's unfortunate. Uh, yeah. But historically accurate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next question from Maggie J. Who shoots the buffalo on the lawn? That new hunter boy that I forgot the name of. And then Jamie's like, wow, you're a good shot. Even though you look like shit. I am torn between Josiah, Roger, and young Ian. Josiah is the most logical since he's a hunter. Mm-hmm. Roger's the dark horse because he's trying to prove to Jamie that he has skills and he isn't useless. Roger couldn't hit the broadside <laughs> of anything. <laughs> Literally anything. Yeah. The broadside of his broad. <laughs> and that fat ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and young Ian is a badass. But also, why would he be there? I don't think it's him. So young Ian doesn't need guns. Plus, he probably respects animals or whatever. His so, fists are lethal weapons. I'm going to go with Roger. I think it's Roger. Nah. It might actually be Brie. <laughs> Maybe. In season four, there was a whole scene of like, she got taught how to shoot by Frank. Mm-hmm. And like, Jamie was really surprised probably, that probably she was her. good at it. Yeah. How doesn't Lieutenant Knox die? It took me a while to figure out what this question was asking. But I think, I think it's mocking the fact that the good guys had to hide that Knox was dead. So they didn't admit that he had been killed. I, I, I think... And I think he dies by Jamie's Highlander sword to the Adam's apple. Yeah, I'm just going to say old age. He definitely didn't die of old age. You're probably right about that as well. I got that one right. 
Yep. Next question from Maggie. What talisman does Ian keep in his Sporan or Sporan? Don't know what that Sporan. is. I'm just going to say the Fraser Crest because that's my guess. Yeah, I had to look up the, the Sporan or Sporan or whatever it is. And it looks it's like, like a little sack. Yeah, it's a little satchel. I think he keeps the pieces of the broken Ottertooth stone that Claire had found. Oh, interesting. That's a good guess. Uh, when Jamie's bitten by a snake, what does he say Claire should improve? I didn't ken where you got your bedside manner, but send it back. Her, her bedside manner. Now, I think it's her ability to suck. No. You know how uh, with, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you get bit by a, uh, a yeah, snake you gotta, and you like gotta, you gotta suck the poison out. out. Yeah, but he doesn't Yeah, it's that. like she's sucking and she's like not doing a good enough job. So, so he makes a funny joke about her not being able to suck hard enough. He respects his women. Nah. I mean, yeah, he respects them, but like. He can make you're, a funny joke. Yeah, you got a dirty. It's funny joke. So he's a funny guy. Now and then. Give him what they want. Next question: What do the Ridge go searching for to save Jamie's leg? Maggots, because it's basically answered in a <laughs> question <laughs> that's later. Yeah, I, I have to go maggots as well. I think it was answered inadvertently by a question we got on Reddit. Which, if that wasn't in the later question, I never, I never, never, never would have guessed. Maggots are top five things I hate the smell of the most. If I was starving to death and my only option was maggots, I would stick sand up my ass and die. I love when you like inadvertently show or let out your poorness. It's like because I cannot imagine an instance in my life where I would have been exposed to maggots enough so to smell them. Mm. But you have been exposed to them so much that you know that they're they have a distinct smell. Oh yeah. And that is just uh is is something to to take into consideration. Okay. Guys? Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely I mean this has got to be maggots and I think it's penicillin production. Okay. It didn't expressly say it in the uh, the at home instructions for how to produce penicillin, but I bet it's somehow involved in that. Okay. All right, we're moving to Reddit. Bernadette Bassinger asks, what medicine from the future does Claire make for her patients in the past? Uh, well, you're probably right with penicillin, but I went Pepto-Bismol. You just got to help those ridge dwellers with their upset tummies and diarrhea. Diarrhea. <laughs> Makes sense. I always thought that those commercials were hilarious because they put so much emphasis on the diarrhea. <laughs> like no one else remembers any of the other shit except for diarrhea. You know what commercials I like now are there's one commercial for without place where you send your poop in the box and, and it's about <laughs> oh, it, well yeah but it's about Crohn's disease and and the woman there's a woman at like a business meeting and she puts her hands up she's like not now Crohn's disease <laughs> <laughs> or like IBS or whatever it's like lady whoa ridiculous yep this is definitely penicillin i am like 100% locked in based on the questions based on what jamie is dealing with with his leg and everything antibiotics which eventually became penicillin invented in 1907 probably one of the single most important medicine invented maybe ever and i think this is uh, this is huge you've swayed me next question from reddit from leviosa 934 i don't know why i said it like leviosa. that leviosa why does jamie don a red coat my original answer was just that he was forced to by Tryon because he's like part of his little crew. But I think I agree with you that like Jamie ended up in, in order to try and save Murtar, figure out a way to solve that problem. He killed Lieutenant Knox and donned his red coat to try and like, I don't know, trick someone into thinking that he was Lieutenant Knox or something stupid. Yeah, I, I think Murtaugh is caught by somebody else in the red coat party and Jamie dresses up like one so he can transport old Murty through the town and then have his crew stage a siege of the wagon to help Murtaugh escape. But it doesn't work, obviously, but that was the plan. All right, our next question from Leviosa934. 
What does Jamie do to prevent who from finding out about his past imprisonment? I think Tryon is who he's trying to keep it from, and John Gray is about to spill the beans, so he hits him in the back of the knee with his swag stick, and John Gray falls over like when O'Brien trips Bates in Downton Abbey, causing a scene and distracting Tryon. Gotcha. Yeah, I think this was originally Lieutenant Knox. He was trying to, like, sort of kind of gain his trust in, in a way, and he felt like if he if he talked about his imprisonment and the reason he was in prison, that it wouldn't have gone well, and then when all of that didn't go great, he ended up having to kill him. What does Claire have dozens of jars of? Mold that is slowly turning into penicillin. I went with mayonnaise. Hear me out. <laughs> Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me uh, out. I have no idea. Is it to also, to make sandwiches with all the breads to draw <laughs> the pigs in even better for eating Lieutenant Knox's dead body? You, you're, you're, yeah, you're thinking about it. No, I think Jamie tries it for the first time and he wants that shit on everything and like <laughs> like the okay wife she is, she loads up on it. Jamie's like, oh, I like this. She's like, okay. <laughs> Whole cart of fucking helmets shows up yep. just in the full future bottles. Yep. Just regular helmets. <laughs> Stupid. All right, Leviosa, last question. Why does Roger think it's a good idea to burn a bunch of crop? Because he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think uh, maybe he thinks the black smoke will attract Native Americans who will then kill all the redcoats who are on the ridge. Not half bad, eh? No, Roger's <laughs> not that smart. I literally also wrote because he's an idiot. <laughs> no, actually burning crops. Is, so maybe it, it is possible because he's from the future. He might know some of this that like burning crops can help to fertilize the ground underneath to help growth for future crops. So if they were having a bad year for growth and for farming, he might have suggested burning what they have so that the next year would be much, much better. Fair. Next question from Purple4199. What bad thing happened to Roger? He cut himself again shaving and almost died. I don't know. I, I'm i going to reference this two other times, but I'm doing my question connecting, and I think he gets stuck in a building that starts to burn down. He was tied to a chair by Bree while she went to go kill Bonnet because she knew he wouldn't let her otherwise. Interesting. So you think that she held him hostage yes. in order to go kill Bonnet? Yes. And, and then the house Jamie had to fire. save him. Next. All right. Mrs. Sassanak Fraser asks... Why are they searching for maggots? This was the question we referred to earlier with Jamie's leg. The maggots mm -hmm. are to help eat away the poison from Jamie's leg. Disagree. I think that they got the poison out, but he starts to get a bacterial infection. So they are looking for the maggots to help produce penicillin to get rid of his infection. Okay, you're probably right. Probably. Next question from Fraser. How did Brianna use her engineering skills to save someone's life? I think that the process for producing penicillin is rather complex and i think that her engineering brain with her mom's medical brain are what helped them to develop the process for producing the penicillin on a relatively large scale wow we're thinking very differently i think jamie gets caught under a collapsed side of an old building and because brie knows architecture and engineering she helps guide the man on how to pull up the rocks the best way without causing anything to move and further hurt him the man is a human voodoo doll I can't. Oh, man. You just like totally made all that up. It's unreal. <laughs> it's like just a bunch of, a big load of shit that you just like pulled from your ass. And you deliver it so confidently like that it's accurate. It might be. <laughs> unbelievable. What does engineering have to do with making maggot stew for Jamie? Like, come on. So, at least mine's more believable. Engineering 
is actually closer to what I described than architecture, <laughs> but fine. All right, moving on. <laughs> All right. Unknown 2345610. Is this a returning user? Yeah. Welcome back, Unknown. Who is the charming and funny Scottish man Claire talks to in the 1960s? And why is he so important to her? I'm not going to pretend I have a real guess, like John Jacob Jinkelheimer Schmidt. Who the hell knows? Like some Scottish sounding name, like Vleepert McDunny. And, and he's important because he's a traveler, too. Vleepert. Vleepert. Vleepert McDunny. He's a time traveler. McDunny was Bam. good. You put a lot of time into McDunny. Uh, so I think that she talks to a descendant of Ian. That we learned that when she was back in the future, uh, she actually ran into a descendant of Ian. So assuming that we're in the 1760s right now in the past, uh, and if she ran into him in the 1960s, and it would have been 200 years, give or take with generations, it would likely be Ian's great, 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 great grandson. Cool. Who does Jamie rescue from an alley after he escapes a burning building? I also think this is Ian. He got himself into a little pickle, cornered by Lionel and his men for stealing his wife. Oh, I, I I mentioned this earlier. I think it's Roger. I think he's the only person goofy enough to get stuck in a fiery building, and he obviously needs to save him. All right. Next question. What is Claire doing slash has that prompts Marceline to ask, was she right about you, my ma? I think she's making up different concoctions in the kitchen, things that make her look like a witch. And because Leary always told Marcelie she was one, it prompts the question. Yeah, I agree with you. Leary always thought that Claire was a witch. And I think it's in regards to the development of penicillin. It's a multiple step process of, you know, growing mold and then putting it in a Petri dish with some other shit. And then like it, it grows the penicillin, whatever. And I think like all of that is just like way more than Marcelie's used to seeing. And she thinks it's witchcraft. Deal. Same user, what alarming thing did Roger find in Bree's sketchbook? Mrs. Stephen Bonnet written in a bunch of different ways with hearts around it. <laughs> I also reference Bonnet, but mine is sketches of different versions of a dead Stephen Bonnet. Just like his crushed skull, him bleeding out in a puddle, just getting his dick run over by a wagon wheel. You know, the like huge... that's how she's dealing with it. Just yeah. like imagining the way she could kill him. Yeah, putting him in precarious situations like an elephant sitting on Amber Heard's face. Interesting. <laughs> According to Jamie, what does Claire smell like? A baron's ass on a summer day. I, I think the joke is it's something bad, not something good, because she was just manhandling some maggots or something. Agreed. I think he says she smells like the hindsight of a truffle pig. Yeah, we were, we're pretty close. We're pretty Kind of similar. Yeah. But I think like the mold and everything for, for the penicillin, like she could smell kind of bad. Sure. Next question, unknown. What dish does Claire prepare and call the future's answer to journey cake? And does Jamie like it? I think, I mean, journey cake is just like a cornbread patty. Uh, yeah, cornbread crepe. That's what I wrote. It's like a cornbread crepe. Cornbread. Because it's probably better than just like corn smashed into a patty. A cornbread pancake, kind of. But it's not cornbread. It's like cornmeal. Mm. And it's probably pretty nasty. I think that she uses some of that buffalo and makes some bison cakes. Just buffalo mixed with some wheat or some shit. And can I be honest with you, David? I I mean, could you describe a bison cake first? I did. It's buffalo mixed with some wheat or some shit. You just mix it, you so grind you just it all just like together. Mix and, yeah. buffalo yeah, yeah, yeah. and wheat and make like, like a buffalo patty. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Buffalo burger. Yeah. Okay. Can I be honest with you, David? I would love nothing more. I have never made pancakes before. They're just, they're just way too much work for not that much deliciousness. Are you on crack? The pancakes have got to be the top 10 most overrated foods. If you look like a couch cushion and you're only good when you have other things on you, you're not a good food. 
You're not a good food. Fact. I mean, Fact. there are a lot of foods that are like that that are like that look like couch not... cushions and are just plates for other what? good foods. Does your couch? Lo- How poor are you? <laughs> what does your couch look like? Where it looks like a pancake. Lots of food looks like that. But fine, I'll move beyond that. There are a lot of foods that are good by themselves, but much, much better with other things on them. But I don't agree that that describes a pancake. I don't think it's good by itself. Oh, see, I can, I could eat a pancake bear. <laughs> bear. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Next set of questions <laughs> came in just under the wire from Crazy Horse 198 Who tried to commit suicide earlier in the season? Hopefully, Roger. David, you are wishing some very bad things upon Roger. I don't like Roger. Okay. I think that he was mean to Bree, and he took advantage of her and her virginity and her inexperience in relationships, and I do not like him at all. Okay. I think it's Murtaugh because he wants to own his own death rather than having to make Jamie do it, and I'm not condoning that per se, but I, I can understand it coming from Murtaugh. I actually honestly wouldn't be surprised if this was Jocasta. That too, because she's sad about Murtaugh. Yeah. Yeah. Either she's no longer seeing him because something bad happened that I'm not going to say. Or at that same time, he disappeared because Jamie told him to disappear. And maybe she thought it was because of her and she was sad that he was gone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very possible. Crazy Horse 198 also asked, is there a limit to the size of Fraser's Ridge? You can do it. Put your back into it. Geographically, yes, there is a limit. In spirit, no. It lives on through all of the settlers that have ever it been there and will ever be as there. as much as it ever wants to be. Yeah, I mean, geographically, 10,000 acres. That's the limit, 10,000 <laughs> acres. And like you said, I mean, back-wise, I mean, as buff as Jamie wants to be, you know? Yeah, it's true. Oh, crazy horse. We, we like you a lot. What gigantic thing almost destroys Brianna? Definitely not Roger's PP. Yeah, he has tiny D energy, 100%. 100% tiny D energy. I killed a man. <laughs> so what's your Ooh. answer then? I It's just I, anything other than Roger's BB. Okay. I am going to say one of Claire's loaves of bread. <laughs> a gigantic <laughs> loaf of bread. It's so big. <laughs> so big it almost crushed me up to death. Yep. This, this, she's putting this in the oven. She's like, this will bring the pigs in. <laughs> this will get them for sure. <laughs> they can't say no to a 10-ton loaf of bread. <laughs> size of a fucking car oh man <laughs> all right our last set of questions comes from i am gizmo oh, i love i am gizmo uh yeah so uh welcome back gizmo what event happens that bonds roger and jamie i think this was referenced earlier but jamie saves him from a burning building guy is just bumbling yeah that's a that's an interesting one i don't know that that would bond them at all it, if someone saves me from a building we're bonded i mean it would bond we're roger bonded. and jamie it would not bond jamie to roger like, that's not going to make Jamie like Roger anymore. Like, I had to save you again, you wimpy douche. It would maybe indebt Roger to Jamie, but I don't know that it would bond them. I think what bonds them is hunting and hatred for Stephen Bonnet. It's Murtaugh because he's old and he has to use gold bond. Fuck you. Why does Roger lose his voice? I will not argue with you, though, that I think that he was in the building that they escaped from. And I think it's smoke inhalation. Ah, okay. I am half a mind to make some sexual assault reference, not to be filthy or outlandish, but because with the show, it almost certainly has happened more than it being something benign. I just can't get over the fact that this finale has yet another rape and and, and one that we 
agree basically rivals the first Jamie Randall one. It's it's mm-hmm. not it's not as graphic, of course, but the idea that it's happening to a woman and just the sheer number of men. Like, oh. The ones like yeah, the the Randall one in particular kind of wasn't as bad because no one else was there to like experience it. Like when you see like twenty dudes that are around are refusing to do anything about this thing, that is extremely infuriating. And the same thing goes for when Bree got raped by Stephen Bonnet. It's like all these people were out in the fucking bar, just like, well, guess he's raping another girl. It's like what? Like what are you doing, you people? Yeah, it's just like Diana. You want to put one sexual assault in your books to show how horrible the past was fine fine one two maybe but one and sometimes more than one each book now you're just into it and, and listen i'm not i'm not into kink shaming all kinds of stuff gets people off whatever but just but nope, just keep it to yourself one, no this one i don't want to see allowed it. to get kink shamed for this if rape is your thing like fuck you yeah i i don't i don't, I don't want to see it and no it's too much i still haven't answered the question so can you catch tonsillitis is that something you can catch Probably. Maybe he was hanging out too long with Josiah. He, no, he ate Claire's moldy bread. No, I think you're right that it's the smoke inhalation. That connects all of my answers. Yeah. I, maybe all of that maybe he that. got his neck stunk under the giant loaf of bread. Yeah, that's what it was. Yep. Maybe. Crush his tonsils. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Lastly, there's a big ruckus over Claire's wedding rings. How does it get resolved and where? Why did I put this question last? I have no idea how to answer this. Yeah, it's a great it's a great last question that means literally nothing. I should have set myself up to end strong, but God, I'm just so clueless. So I think the T on Josiah comes back into play. I bet that Jamie had taken both of the rings to melt them down to make one mega ring. And everyone, no. everyone blames Josiah because once a street rat, always a street rat. And it gets resolved when Jamie comes back and asks Claire to remarry him, but with the mega ring. One mega ring to rule the wall. <laughs> yeah, she just has too damn many of them. She's got so many. So she throws the one from Frank into the sea, like Rose at the end of the Titanic. And then she gives her old her old Jamie one to Bree since she worked so hard for it. And and then where's her current one? Bad? Is that bad? Kinda. Is that bad? Uh, what's more ironic to me is the fact that like she took the ring that from her dad and threw it into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> and then gave her the one that she got back from her like illegitimate father that she never met until she was twenty five that she got raped to get it. Maybe maybe that one's okay, guys. I was I was confident on most of my answers. That one might not be right. Mm. So you don't think it's a mega ring? I also do not think it's a mega ring. Okay. Because I don't think that Claire would ever let him do that. Mm. Well, speaking of Mega Ring, I think we need one because we are now the champions of answering questions about Outlander. I mean, we must have answered the most questions of anyone ever, right? Yeah. Now, what do we score it for center counts? I'm going to give it a six. Really? I'm starting to like Outlander, man. Yeah, there's there's some stuff in it that like is much. The rape is much. I also think that... like. When it happens to land on one of the two episodes we've watched, it feels like 50% of the episodes we've watched had rape in them. Whereas like, when you watch a full season, it's not that bad. It's still a lot, Diana. Yep. But it's starting to grow on me. Like, I had serious feels when Murtaugh started to tear up a little bit because Jocasta was getting married and he didn't know what to do. And then when Jamie cried because he had to send Murtaugh away. And then fucking Ian putting that blood on his face and then murdering some dudes. Man. I, it's good. I like I like it, which is very surprising to me. I would not have expected it to happen. But, you know, it's uh, it's, Here we are. it's good. Here we are. I like it. I'm not as glowing as you. I'm going to give it a three out of seven. 
No, you know what? I'm actually going to give it a two out of seven because uh, I'm going just based on the season. I think the first yeah. episode was so plain. Like, am I really supposed to care about Roger and Bree and their crappy cake and Josiah's tonsils? The cliffhanger at the end of last season was, oh, no, got to kill Murtaugh. And this episode did absolutely nothing to advance that. The cliffhanger at the end was just the same exact fucking point. Yeah, the last cliffhanger we saw in the finale of season four. My only counterpoint to that would be like, since every episode is kind of like gangbusters a little bit in terms of drama and and shit like that, I do feel like fans wouldn't necessarily hate just a like a feel good. No, they're they're doing all right type of episode. But I agree with you. It was rather rather vanilla. I don't think so. I'm a fan and I don't like that. So screw you. (laughs) Screw you. And then the finale, cool. Like, those pieces of shit ran trained forcibly. Like, who wants to watch that? The only people who could get pleasure out of watching that shit are abusers. And why are we catering to them? So, I, this is what I saw on my screen. I didn't like it. Two out of seven. Murtaugh died, okay? The only reason this even gets no. a two. No. I could give it less. It gets a two because of the three couples doing it at the same time. Just to try <laughs> foreign affectation. That was, that was, I like that part. You like that? You like that? All yeah. that sex? Yeah. I mean, it was good. Yeah. So. Two out of seven. Two out of seven, man. Between the two of us, that's an eight out of 14. So we're, you know, we're rocking a four out of seven. That's uh, it's pretty good. Well, not terrible. Well, David, that is it for season five of Outlander. And it'll be quite some time before we cover another one. It is going to be a while. This one already took a while and it originally came out back in, I think, 2020. It might be two years to more Outlander. For sure. But we have episodes about other shows and movies. Come on. We have all kinds of other stuff. Maybe we'll cover a show similar to Outlander that you would enjoy. Speaking of, David, what is coming up next? Two weeks from now, we're going to have an episode with Chris Fafalius from One Hit Thunder and, you know, the band Punchline. (laughs) No big deal. And we're going to be covering Hereditary. And officially, David, Chris will be our first returning guest in the history of the center cut he had a good time with midsummer he is back he is the man i am looking forward to that but what's before that david before that we are doing another ask me anything because we've done a lot of outlander center chats and we can't really think of any other questions and we don't want to talk about rape anymore because that's done now so third installment ask me anything yes at this point you're listening to this episode it is too late to ask us questions that is why you should be following us on instagram and twitter and in all the places you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not because you missed the opportunity to ask us questions if you were doing that stuff you could have you could have done it you could have been in the show you could have asked us a great question it would have been awesome but you should still check it out because it will be fun we're going to talk about serious stuff we're going to talk about fun stuff it's going to be cool we won't shrug off any questions unless it's about how murtaugh died in which case fuck you that is correct david we are so long let's say goodbye so very long like the scenes between roger's scenes it's always better in the center 